She's alive. Alive! What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Caroline, and today I am joined by my partner in crime and quarantine, Jace. Hey. So we're just going to do a little uh, listener stories episode here while we um, smoke a joint and drink some wine at 2 p.m. because we're all stuck in our houses and can't go anywhere. And this is life now. I guess I have a little bit of a... uh, Leading question, um, Jace, what what would you say your favorite either like zombie or pandemic movie? Because it, I mean, we're kind of living in know. one right now, but like I Am Legend is is like, you know, epic in a lot of ways, but also it's like really dark and kind of you know, if we have to like go off of one that relates to like right now is he has like a place in New York at like Ground Zero of where this thing happened, yeah, and he has like. A bunch of weapons and like he basically has like a whole house fortress to me that is probably the coolest part about that movie is like having this fortress that you have your own supplies and like generators that you self-sustained and free from the outside world but i feel like the problem with this pandemic is like you're not free from you know paying your taxes or your, your mortgage or <laughs> yeah that's true you don't really just get to like roam the, the empty streets of new york and like steal cars and like right. raid grocery stores so, and i feel like i just have always really hated pandemic movies so i'm like really living my nightmare right now. <laughs> well you gotta embrace what you're accessing something about human consciousness that you're like have been expressing that's why like a lot of these movies, especially like Children of Men or like I Am Legend, they're from like 2009, which or 2007 or around yeah the, you know when the like the financial crash happened. But it mm. all expresses the feeling of like you know everybody's kind of connected in hiding away in your cave and like seeing who can last. <laughs> yeah, but like I just like don't want you know like I've said this many times before. Like if there is an apocalypse, like I would like to be like one of the first people to die because I don't really want to deal with it, you know? Yeah. I was actually going to talk about how different zombie films are different and that's what I think makes good pandemic, quote unquote pandemic yeah. movies that aren't stressful. Like some zombie movies can be funny, like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And you know, they are messed up in a lot of ways. But there's like this kind of lighthearted tone to it that, you know, in the end leaves you kind of smiling and happy. Yeah, I feel like I like zombie movies because I don't know, like, well, I guess I don't really like zombie movies that much. I like funny zombie movies, but I don't like I I don't like serious zombie movies because it's really hard for me to take zombies seriously. Right. Like they're just like and a lot of zombie movies that take themselves too seriously. It's tough to watch those Talking about like Resident Evil, the first one was a kind of serious movie and it had a good style to it. They did some really cool CG scenes. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It had a good, it had a good like, you know, starting jumping point. Then they did a second film that I don't, re- I don't recall being too bad, but it was like in the city and it kind of broke out a little bit and you're kind of like, okay. They're bringing some characters from the video game, and it's kind of fun, but it kind of starting to feel like 
the stories getting like like they're doing this weird webbing of like oh we're gonna have it be something else is going on and there's a new character and like oh look at this guy and there's another zombie thing and then it's like all the repeats of the same attacks but like basically you know Mila whooping and like that's fun but the amount of seriousness it takes itself where there's no like levity to yeah. any like scene is so bad because then you have another I think there's a total of six of those films. Like, it's not really a fun movie. It's just like, you're like... Yeah, and I watch them, but they're so over the top. They're like anime films. Yeah. But, like, almost too far. Like, the... I don't don't know. So, that's kind of one film that I feel like, you know, zombie-wise, and like, I don't know. It it, it can just go kind of like... Yeah. Too extreme. I feel like zombie movies are apocalypse movies are plague movies. Like, they're all basically the same. Yeah. They're all, like, kind of this, like, society is, like, breaking down. Trying to think of, like, good apocalypse movies and stuff. Like, definitely, I feel like the best is, like, Last Man on Earth. Like, Last Man on Earth is, like, so fucking good. And I'm so pissed that it got canceled and, like, left on the cliffhanger like that. Like... Well, that, yeah, and that one's really fun, too, because... It's funny where he's kind of bored with the last being the last man on earth in the first episode. Yeah. And then it kind of like stretches that theme throughout the whole series where you just have them always doing ridiculous things and him taking baths of tequila because I mean the amount of alcohol and things that you'd have back there like when it's nobody's just like around. It's like a fun it's like such a fun <clears throat> romp and like I like yeah. that it doesn't like, when I first started watching it, I, like, really hated his character and was, like, so yeah. stressed out by him because he was, like, so cringy. I feel like the more um, the, all people the are introduced, yeah, all the people, yeah. like, all the characters, like, who are there and then you start to really like the way that they interact with each other. It would have been a really bad show if it had just been him yeah. being alone all the time because he was, like, so cringy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and they did kind of play into a lot of the same jokes, like, during a lot of the episodes, which, to me, was why it was funny. In a way. Yeah. And but. I don't know. I think if they got a l- another season, there would have been like a better arc with the story. Yeah, I mean, and I just wanted to know like, who all those sense. people... Oh, dude, I'm, so, <clears throat> I'm still so bummed about that. Yeah. But what can you do? Well, Nothing. anyway, I think that kind of answers in a roundabout question our favorite plague movie let yeah. us know what you guys' favorite fave plague movies are slash apocalypse movies slash yeah. zombie movies. So now, oh, there's a new thing. We're gonna. I'm gonna move into uh, oh, you guys. We asked you a couple weeks ago for uh, listener stories for you guys to send us your spooky stories. So we thought we'd we got a couple good ones. And we thought we'd read a few here, and I thought I'd have Jace here to react. I'm gonna some... react. I'm gonna try my best to show the most expression <laughs> that I can through my visual and spatial cortex and. Mostly you, like, use your voice. Oh, shoot, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Um, so this first one is an email that we got from Rachel. I'm just going to dive right in here, I guess. So, okay. hey, ladies and gentlemen today, but she didn't know about you. So. so my story happened when I was around 14 or so. I had a tiny, cheap TV in my bedroom, and it was relatively new at the time and worked perfectly for a while. Then, out of nowhere, every night between 3 and 3.30 a.m., fuck that. This is my editor's note. Hate that. Hate that time. Not a fan of that. It would turn on to channel 13. Wow. (laughs) Were there? Uh, Which was never the channel it was on when I turned it off for the night. 
I tried so hard to figure out why I was doing this. I wondered if I could be accidentally pressing the buttons uh, before I fell asleep with the remote in my bed. Um, so I would put it on top of the TV. I checked all the settings to see if there was a timer set to the TV, but there was no option like that since it was such a tiny, cheap TV. The last option I had was to unplug it at night, but I refused in case it turned in, in case it still turned on and I wasn't able to blame it on faulty wiring or some other internal or unseen issue. Yeah, I mean that would like Is that person an electrician? No, she's <laughs> <laughs> Did they check all the wires? So it was obviously haunted. For a while I would just put up with it until I finally unplugged it and threw it out so that nobody else had to put up with my possessed TV. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Rachel. That is okay, pretty crazy, Rachel. I, okay, Rachel, get a new TV, plug it in the same plug, but just have it be brand new. And well, then either see way, if it does then it is it again. a haunted plug? Because that right. means well, that the ghost is stuck fine. in the plug. Sure. That's what I think that then means. Then the ghost is in the house. Then the ghost is inside but that if plug. It was the t- if the TV doesn't do the same thing, then the ghost is in the TV. <laughs> or maybe it's a ghost that only can, it's like always in your room. But like when you plug in a TV, it goes directly for the TV and it's like, this is my home now. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a snail without a shell. It's like yeah, hanging exactly. around being like, man, I wish someone would put a TV in here so I could like go inside the TV and turn yeah. it on every night at three, between three and three thirty. Or, ooh, better yet. Okay. Channel better yet. Now that I'm thinking of it, see, this is kind of, I like the snail thought because if it's, think about it like this, when you're sleeping and you're, you're, your physical body is like a turtle shell to your consciousness, right? So when you're sleeping, you're able to like take your your turtle, your soft consciousness self, your your dreamlike self or whatever, and then go into dream worlds, right? Well, what if in that reality you poke a little too far in back into reality and you turn on in, on your TV? You like kind of poke your head out a little too far, and you're thinking like the creepiest thing in your head, and you're because already. If you're superstitious like most people, you're like, 3.30 is a weird time to wake yeah. up at and a weird time to see things on. The TV that's creepy is creepy and it, and it looks creepy when it's just Especially fuzzy. Especially if it's just fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. and channel 13, channel 13 isn't a channel that typically has anything. Yeah. Unless you have like basic cable and like psh, nobody has that anymore. So it's going to be a weird combination of those things. So what if you Well, this was, created I remember, that? probably like 15 years ago. Ooh, so it's even okay. So it would be like it'd be like when we were in high school, probably. I'm well, just assuming okay. Rachel is oh, right. So this is something that I will say too. This was this was like when we were younger. Those TVs, like I think, are even more susceptible to your like magnetic brain waves into like how you are in the in the area, dude. Like. I remember my mom would be like screaming one day and she'd walk past and that thing would be like warping. They're way more like energy conduits. Oh, yeah. Because of all the static. Because there's there's tubing and there's weird things that like these TVs are just LED lights. Yeah. You know, like. All right, you ready for another story? Yeah. Um, I don't know if these people wanted us to use their names or not, so I'm just not going to, but this is from someone I'll call Andy on Instagram. My neighbor broke up with her boyfriend in the early 90s. He did the whole, if I can't have you, nobody can thing. So he broke into her house overnight and killed her. What? Then he hung himself from the tree on the backyard. What? Mm-hmm. Many times in the years afterwards, people reported bodies hanging from that tree to the police. What? But there's only been one death confirmed on that tree. What? That's extremely fucking creepy. That was the one that I was reading earlier that I was like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, so 
here we go. This is kind of like a double. This is kind of like a multiple layer things. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's both. It's like the guilt of the murder because yeah. it's like they don't report anything about the girl who was murdered in the house. She's probably been like, "Fuck you, I'm moving on." But he's See? like wrapped in this like guilt of. Having killed her and but, then killed himself. Okay, but why wouldn't they see at least any of her soul or something? I there? don't know. Maybe she was just like, peace the fuck out. I'm over so, this. So, yeah, all right. I'm headed out. I'm I'm leaving. But also, do you think that maybe people in the neighborhood got PTSD from it? Probably. And the same people kept calling and being like, oh, in the night, I've seen it. I mean, it could He's hanging. It could be like any kind. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, I mean that's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, and also, like, to me... I definitely would be freaked the hell out. Yeah. I mean, fucking terrifying. The story alone is shocking. Yep. You know, I don't know. I mean, I believe a lot of things. I, I tend to believe things. I'm going to believe the, the if the base story is real, um, I'm going to go off of my gut and say those people in that neighborhood had PTSD and they just kept calling. Yeah, I mean that—that's the logical answer for it. Yeah, but or even I like if, okay, the idea that he's also, being punished for eternity also, and like has sure. to relive that over but also and over. He and is. she gets to move well, on. Well, he is because his story is ingrained in that neighborhood, and then anybody that talks about it, anybody that lives in the neighborhood, gets told the story again. They look it up, they see the picture of it, then they have dreams about it, and then they're like, "Oh, this dude is so messed up," and he was a. Who's this kind of person? Yeah. So his ghost and his infamy is like living on through even us right now talking about it. It's freaky. I don't want this guy to keep living. Let him die. We'll move on. We'll move on. So this is from Dashni, and it's a longer story. She sent this to us at uh, ghoulgangpodcast at gmail.com, guys. Uh, send us your stories, because eventually we'll get around to reading them. You know, we have a lot of we have a lot of spare time right now. Uh, okay. Let's start with the friendly spirit that's attached to me. I'm not sure who he is, but he's okay. been there for about six years now. I was, still, I was still living with blood relatives at the time, and originally I thought that the house was haunted. In 2016, I moved to Minnesota, and it was the only time I was truly and 100% on my own. He, I assume the spirit, um, has never done anything to harm me or scare me in any way. He's more of a Casper. He's friendly, he acts as a protector, and occasionally he just likes to remind me that he's still there. That's dope. After I bought my first tarot deck at the end of 2016, his presence became more and more prominent. Mm -hmm. I felt him with me everywhere that I went. His little, hey, I'm here reminders became increasingly noticeable. Things on the bookshelf would be knocked over and end up in the middle of the floor. And twice I walked through a suddenly freezing spot without hesitation and said, oh, sorry, like I'd bumped into someone, only to realize I was in my apartment alone. In April of 2017, I was staying in a hotel for a work trip, and it just so happened to be next to a cemetery. One of my coworkers joked that spooky things were happening in our room, but it wasn't until halfway through the trip that things started happening to me. I was sleeping one night, and it felt like someone was shaking my room and had bumped the end of the bed and made the bed shake. I woke up out of a dead sleep, and there was a faint shadow at the end of my bed. Since I was comfortable with his spirit, I remember saying to myself, oh, it's just you, let me sleep. And I rolled over and slept for the rest of the night with no issues. The next day I went to work and when I got back to my room afterwards, something immediately told me to look at my deck of tarot cards that I had sitting on my bedside table. They seemed normal until I noticed that just one card was removed off the deck and laying on the floor instead. Do you want to know what card was on the floor? Which one is it? It was the fucking death card. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, and everybody's always looking for the death card, but that's all. That's not always a bad thing. It well, no, this, actually, a... this is what she said. She said, now I know some of you are 
uh, that don't know tarot are like, girl, get out of that room. It's trying to kill you. What are you doing? But the death card is actually my favorite card. Yeah, it symbolizes too. change, new beginnings, and new directions. A week later, I was offered a new position back in Chicago. To this day, I still believe it was my spirit letting me know that a big change was going to happen soon, and a change that I very desperately needed. Ugh. And just a side note here, I just get freaked out by the death card because... So my mom is, like, super obsessed with tarot cards, like, right. to the point where, like... I don't really let her do my tarot cards because every time she does, it's like super accurate and creepy. Oh, and like, okay. I just get, but she all, but she sends me tarot decks like, and she has yeah. the whole thing memorized, but I don't. But I mean, I've been doing, I do tarot like occasionally like for people, which I've like, I've done it for you. I did it for you. Like when I first yeah. met you, yeah. we used to do, me and my friend Brittany, when we lived together, used to do tarot a lot. And every time we would do it, it'd be super accurate. But one time when I was in college, I did it. Do you think everything's super accurate or do you think it's how you interpret it? I think like it's pretty I mean it's it's definitely how you interpret it but like there are things like with tarot which like I wish that I could write off as things but like this is one for example so like I was doing my friend's tarot and like everything was super accurate to her life in that moment like she was going through some stuff in school she was really stressed out about it and it was talked about like school specifically and then like it also started talking about a family member that like was gonna die in a weird way like it was and like the last card was death and like a couple weeks later like someone in like very close to her and her family was like diagnosed with like stage four stomach cancer and like died a couple months later it was really fucking weird and so like that's why the death card freaks me out like i don't know i mean i know that it's about change and new beginnings and it could have been about a lot of things but it it, like it really was about death in that sense and so like I don't know. Anyway, on back to um, Dashney's story here. Now we're going to go on to the not-so-friendly side of things. So she's moved back to Chicago after after her friendly ghost tipped over the death card in her hotel room to tell her, like, it's time. You're going to... you're gonna. Right. Th- this part of your life has ended. Now on to the not-so-friendly side of things. I've had episodes of sleep paralysis on rare occasion, on rare occasion since I was a kid. Up until my late 20s, nothing seemed seemingly triggered or brought these episodes on. A few years ago, I had my first episode in years, and it was the worst one I've ever had. I was sleeping with my bedroom door open, which is a rare thing for me. In the early hours of the morning, I was sleeping on my side, and I felt the blanket over my body tighten down as if someone was pinning yeah, it down on either side. I couldn't move my entire body from the neck down. All I could do was move my head just enough to see out of my bedroom door. There was a dark black shadow over me and I could feel my paralysis release. After that, I could see my aforementioned spirit outside my bedroom drawer watching over me, making sure I was okay. Nice. Um, I had two more incidents, a little less severe but very similar, within the next weeks following that. A few months later, I had a fourth episode. I had a new roommate at the time who was a really close friend. She and I were frequently coming home after a night out and would go into each other's room to sit on the bed and chat about the happenings of the evening. On this particular night, my roommate let me know that she was staying elsewhere for the night and would be home in the morning. I went to bed, and a a few hours later, I distinctly heard the front door to my apartment open, unlock, somebody walk in, close the door, and lock the door behind them. I assumed my roommate had ultimately decided not to stay elsewhere in the evening and went back to sleep. Shortly after that, I heard my bedroom door open, my roommate walked in and sat on the end of my bed. This is when my sleep paralysis kicked in, and I realized it was not my roommate sitting at the end of my bed. It was a dark black shadow wearing clothes that my roommate would wear. My blanket was pinned around me again, and the shadow leaned over to me, held me there for a bit, and then just disappeared. 
And then is it gone now forever? Yeah, that was the end of it. Okay. Well, we do know a little bit about uh, sleep paralysis and the shadow figures that visit. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we did a whole episode you on guys, sleep paralysis. Yeah, and I'm sure you've talked about it. So, But, I mean, I... Like, you can interpret those beings in, how, in whatever way you want. Like, yeah. You can be afraid of them. Sometimes with me, you know, I can be competitive with them and, you know, it's all about taking control of what those things are and then, you know, using them to your advantage. Yeah. I don't think that they're necessarily there for anything I feel like to help you. In my, in my opinion, like, although, like, I've had some really creepy sleep process things, I've come to the conclusion that it's, like, a part of my psyche yeah. that, like, is, and like, you recognizing to attack it. me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the like, reason you're not really attacking it, it's not attacking you, it's trying to become with you. So it's, like... They're, you're outside yourself witnessing yourself. It's like looking in the mirror when you're in a dream. Right. Except the mirror is like in your reality and what you understood as your room. So you're able to paint the picture of the room you're in because you know the feeling of your room. It's like when you lay down on the couch, you know, if I wake up, I know I'm going to see the TV there, right? So when you're in sleep mode, you're thinking, I know the TV's there, everything's there, Right. You ever sleep somewhere different and you wake up and you're yeah. like, everything's... You're like, we're like, where am I? You're like, I, this isn't weird. This is fake. And then you're like, oh, that's right. We're camping. You know? That's the feeling you already have when you're sleeping. So when you're in these like lucid dreaming states and these like beings visit you, they're a lot of times you. Now, if you're also talking about like there's a separate being... Because she said there was dark figures, but then Casper was watching her over yeah. her too. Yeah. So she said she met Casper before. She's so to me. Well, they're I also different feel things. like her. Yeah, I feel like they're she's different not saying too. she's talking about the dark visitors, which are yourself. Yeah, yeah. but which Casper, is also why I feel like her Casper ghost like didn't attack that ghost. Yeah, because because he knew, because he knew he, it that's was her right, and he yeah. was there. It's funny because he was there to tell her this is part of the experience. Right. <laughs> um, so somebody behind the scenes is maybe a little bit of a guardian angel for her too. Yeah. To me, it sounds like she has a hitchhiker. Like a, something that, you know, either attached to her because she she's missing something or she felt like she needed this help. And so this Casper ghost being, whatever you want to believe it is, it's either a ghost, it could be an alien, you know. But the story of the shadow being, like, you got to look up uh, seeing your own shadow self in your dreams. Like, just look it up, look into it. I had a dream once where I woke up and I had a similar experience to that where... I, I got out of my bed and I, and I looked back and I saw something sleeping in the place of me where I was sleeping mm -hmm. and it was the shadow self but it felt like I was waking up to go to the bathroom like it felt really real like it felt like I was walking yeah and I, it stood up just like me and it looked at me and, and it took a competitive stance and I took a competitive because I took a competitive stance like what is this yeah but it was almost just following the previous path that it, it's almost like I left my shadow self sleeping and I was going to the bathroom without it and then it noticed so then it was following me too but it freaked me out like normal me it freaked me out so I turned around and took a competitive stance and we both ran at each other and I grabbed it and we intertwined and spun like a tornado and we kept spinning and spinning and I got dizzy in my dream and woke up and my eyes were spinning and I almost like fell off the so I guess, couch I guess and I almost passed out 
I guess you know the answer to uh, if you ever met your twin, would you fight them or fuck them? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It's not your twin. I've seen my twin in a dream. We always we always have a good time. And, <laughs> and it's not that not that we're we're actually banging or anything, but hey, we you know. there's a rapport that I have with myself in my dream realm. The shadow self is almost like. Uh, so like all like the worst parts of you, or like the most like the, your deepest like. It's like your it's your path. Primal desires. It's your path in life. It's your primal desires. It's your you know. It's not even just your primal desires. It's like your your destiny. Like in you ever see Donnie Darko? Yeah. Where that thing sticks out of him and it like guides him through the yeah. Well, imagine instead of it's like that, it's like a the ghost being, and sometimes it's either in front of you or behind you or to the left or to the right, but it's an extension of your path, and your path is you know. Uh, like mobile and like a tree or like a blob so it can go anywhere Mm -hmm. and so when you see it and when you're paralyzed it can move within any space uncomfortably with you laying there perfectly still and so that's why when you feel that and you can see it happening it freaks you out and so your, your your tendency is to like shake yourself awake but it's part of you that you're just experiencing like a, a superpower that you usually have when you're dreaming so it's like yeah. when you're dreaming and you don't notice that being, you're just dreaming and you're like, oh, I'm in a room that has cool stuff or I'm seeing a dragon or like there, you can make up a thousand things in a dream. Um, but when you start to notice what the power is, then it shows up and is like, hi, I'm a floating thing. And then you're like, that's just that's just you, though. Yeah. But it's not really you. Yeah. It's like your consciousness being or something. You, sometimes it's, you know. That's, I don't know. Well, yeah. And I mean, I said this when I, when we did our like sleep paralysis podcast, but like my, the way that I found to deal with sleep paralysis, which is funny if like you consider your sleep paralysis demon to be like your shadow self, is that like I will just have sex with it. Yeah. Well, right. (laughs) That's like my number. I'm like, well, I might as well turn this into it. I'm like, okay, there's that demon. I'm just going to turn this into a sex dream. Well, and that's so, so that's (laughs) when you, uh, you, um, Take control of your path and control yeah. of your life yeah. and control of what's making you uncomfortable about being outside yourself. And so, like, if you're able to do that, and also it's hard to train yourself to do that because a lot of people deal with a lot of things in their lives that, you know, come up and, and they're not able to, like, calm themselves down and they feel trapped. And so, then when you're trapped physically in this dream realm, you're not able to like comfortably tell yourself, oh, I'm dreaming. Yeah. And, and so I think you might just have a talent because you've practiced over time to well, say. Well, it literally happens to me. Like basically anytime I take a nap, I'll have a sleep paralysis dream. Right. Like literally. So it's better for you to think I can have sex with these things. Yeah. Then they're going <laughs> to fucking wake me up and scare me. Yeah. And and I totally understand. And there's multiple different ways to do it. All right. But, well, actually, this one, this actually kind of leads into this one that I have, what which fucking is very ghosts? short. This is from Ariel or Ariel on Instagram, um, and he said, "I used to see my best friend's dad's ghost walking the hall in the middle of the night. He was never menacing, never made an never made eye contact, and never stayed very long. He is and was still very much alive." So he uses it's almost like a like projection. If we're assuming that this is on 100% correct, 
that he did used to see for sure his best friend's dad walking up and down his hallway. Yeah. I'd like to know a little bit more information about this. One, what was he wearing? Was he wearing a robe? Yeah. Was he like yeah. wearing clothes that like maybe that's where he dies eventually? Like what yeah. if it was his ghost but his ghost was just did like the time dad skipping? Live there a lot? Did no. He, does he come over a lot? But wouldn't it be interesting if like eventually later in life he like chokes on an almond or something in your hallway and dies right there? Humor me now. The guy on Twitter is psychic. All right. Okay. Okay. The dad, like the this, his best friend's dad has something that he's hiding, and that's all it is. So he's seeing this like psychic vision. Yeah. Of the dad, like yeah. facing somewhere else, or he's seeing his friend in the future. Ooh. He, this, I'm telling you, Ariel, are you listening? You're probably psychic, and you should. Try to do that with somebody else. Yeah, and, and you know, well, also, or yeah, you try to do see- it with somebody else. Try to think about somebody else just as hard as your best friend and f- see if you can, you know, see with into that future of that. You know, mm. like, see if you, like, I like that idea. That. I think that we should just stay open to all possibilities, though. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your best friend's dad is an well, astral projector. I also think that, too. Well, and, and look, maybe he's going to die at some point in your parents' old house. Yeah. And that you were just seeing a ghost from the future. Well, and, and this is the thing: if he's astral projecting, oh, because he could be peeping or something. Yeah, too. he could be like. I mean, you That's know, I don't want to speak ill of this man who's still very much alive, but yeah. you know, that could be a whole thing too. He could be a perv. Is he a perv, Ariel? We don't. We want the whole story. This is like you didn't give enough details here. I've got one last one here. Okay. Um, this is from Kirsten. I lived in a haunted house as a kid. The ghost threw speakers off of a tabletop because I was angry about the music being too loud at a party my parents were throwing. I could have gone to my grandparents for the night, but I didn't. And while I was trying to sleep, the ghost threw the speakers off the table. They could, like, tell that she was How mad. old is this person? She's, like, 28. Okay. Yeah. How old was that person when this happened? Um, you think? Probably, Same. like, young. Okay. She it was like she said that she lived in a haunted house as a kid, so she was angry that her parents were throwing a party, and so the ghost like pushed the speakers off of the table because they, or or she was psychic. I mean, yeah. Kirsten, here's a question for you: Have you ever done some Matilda shit where you were like sitting? Yeah, that's have you ever? I this is something that I would suggest to you: set up a glass on like a, a glass table. And just look at it and see if you can make it push off the table. Because I would, I'm going to say that that might not have been a ghost. I'm going to say that it might have been you, or the ghost was pissed along with you because they were trying to be like, they're like, what the fuck? What are these people doing? Partying way too hard. I feel like I have a couple questions for this person. Number one, where were the speakers? Were the speakers right. in your room? Because that is like, did you just see them push the speakers up, or were yeah. like, did the speakers downstairs where the music was playing see, get pushed off? Okay. Like, because if that happened, that's then that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Then, like, it wasn't just her remembering right. that. It was, like, the speakers, like, were pushed off. Right. Like, after she was angry about it. And, like, she didn't actually... She wasn't even in the room to touch them. Right. So, in that case, I would be a little bit more, like, inclined to be like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm picking it up. So, that was pretty much all the uh, stories that we had. We had another one. I had another one that someone on Instagram sent me to the email, and he, like... He sent it to me. I looked at it and I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to read that. And then I went back to look at it today and it was gone. So that's fucking weird. That's uh, a story in its own right. So anyway, we're going to move on to uh, what we've been watching lately. I feel like this is like what we 
have to look forward to for the next like I don't know two months three months who what, knows movies? like just yeah stuff that we're watching and listening yeah. to so hopefully we can I give you a couple good recommendations yeah. <laughs> for uh, things that you should be binge watching as uh, you stay inside and wash your hands constantly mm-hmm. and clean your whole home with bleach so um yeah, and is there anything that you wanted to kick it off with? Anything you've been um, doing? What about, so, I mean, I know we've mentioned it before, probably, but the documentary, that alien documentary with the that ranch, I always forget the name oh, of Oh, Skinwalker it. Ranch? Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned it before or if anybody You talked has. about it a little bit on the podcast that you yeah. were on about the aliens. I'm always going to mention that, to me, like, if you're inside and you just want something kind of going... And you want to get into, you know, the supernatural. And and to me, like, any of the things that people even brought here today, like, could be aliens, too. Could yeah. Be, well, we've said you this. You could have hitchhikers. You could have, you know, the, the last girl we talked about, she could have a, a Casper ghost that pushed all those yeah. things off the table. But to me, the Skinwalker Ranch really opens up the realm of possibilities between ghosts yeah, it's beings, very much like a through line of all the different yeah. things. And like, because there actually is a good book that you guys should read too, which I think is like In Search of the Skinwalker or something, or like In Pursuit of the Skinwalker. I'll I'll look it up. I, I'll post it. But it's a, it's actually a very good, like, it's kind of, I think that's, it's what that documentary is based on in a lot of oh, ways. Okay. And it's like the scientific, like it's about the scientific team that went in and spent like four years like living on the ranch. So Hunt for the Skinwalker is on oh, Amazon Prime. I mean, now that I'm looking at the ratings though. Well, that's just on IMDb. Do people don't but on Amazon it's got good got good ratings. And honestly okay. I think it's good. It's by okay. Jeremy Corbell. He's a director and he's been on a bunch of different um I mean if you listen to a lot of like bizarre weird podcasts you know like about anything related to ufos he's been on a lot of them because he makes actually he's the one who makes like he did the hunt for the skinwalker and then he did the bob lazar one they're both him and like he is a little i will say he's a little bit like obsessed with himself like he thinks that's probably to me the worst part about those is that yeah is that kind of well because he just like spends a lot of time important yeah He spends a lot of time making it very. He I think he gets he gets like Mickey Rourke or something to do the Bob Lazar one, and it's like as time rolls on, and it's just like all this like ridiculous um, See, I dialogue ag- at the I, beginning. I where- will ignore all of that for a couple good interviews with yeah. those. There's a couple good interviews with a couple. The of production the old... value, I will say, like yeah. compared to other UFO documentaries, like Jeremy Corbell, like fucking kills it on the production yeah. value. He, and the things to pay attention to are specifically they have tapes that were old interviews from the old yeah, research. Yeah. And there was a couple ranchers that talk about their experiences with these beings. Yeah. Well, they, now, they, they have like tapes like that they were filming while the scientists were on the ranch, which right. is pretty dope. Right. So like they've got like all these old tapes from the 90s and early 2000s where like they're just like trying to get footage of creepy shit. But like the whole thing is like. That whatever is there, whatever entities are like overseeing that place, like understand when you're taping them and don't let you do. Yeah. Make sure that that things don't work and in like very, very like specific ways. Yeah. This sounds weird, but ninjas are trained to stay within your peripheral vision, right? They're that's a literal training for like a ninja. If they're trying to sneak up onto somebody, 
They, like they know if you're gonna turn right, they know how to. They go left, right? right? If you turn left, they go right. Yeah. Like you have an alien that has mastered studying humans for yeah. a long time. That has and advanced it's just, technology. Probably wants to fuck with them also. Right. Because they're like, oh, these fucking. It'd be like imagine an ant hill being like, we're gonna study yeah. these giants who are yeah. like. You just be like, comprehend. <laughs> you'd be like these fuckers. Like right. they they're trying to fuck with me. Like I'm so much more powerful than them. Yeah. Like it's hilarious. Like right. I can do anything that I want, and I don't really want to kill them but i do kind of want to fuck with them a little bit so they're going to set up their tiny ant video cameras right. and i'm going to go down there and just well the thing mess is mess it all up uh, i'm just going to move it move it along here to the last couple things that i'm going to recommend to watch definitely love is blind um we've been also watching the hunt which is the nazi show oh yeah that's fun um it's like it's on amazon prime it's about like a group of people in the 70s who like band together to kill um nazis who are infiltrating the u.s it's yeah. like i think jordan peele produced it it's pretty quirky it's pr- it's very good but like super fucked up it's yeah. like one of those things where like you know yeah, it's a good romp it's no, a I'm good it's, it's just such a fun romp you know there's, there's, there's i love it like, more fun than remembering like the worst atrocities like over, throughout over. human history <laughs> And there's a, I mean, if you're interested at all in the Holocaust, which like, I feel like. Even if you're not, you should watch it. Yeah. If actually, yeah. Because you don't, and also if you're interested in the Holocaust beyond just like a fun action movie, probably watch some like real Holocaust stuff. Yeah. Unless you already watched all that in like high school. By interested, I mean, if you have like a weird morbid fascination with it, but also if you don't know anything about it, this is a good thing to watch because everything that they, that happened, I mean, it's. It's fu- It's just like the most fucked up, horrifying thing in the entire world. Yeah. So it's a very, it's very sobering, but also very fun at the same yeah. time. It's got like a comic book feel. Yeah. So that's on Amazon. That is true. Prime. Comic book um, feels good. We've been watching also Better Call Saul season four, yes. which is also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've said this before, but I did really like um, Breaking Bad, but I like Better Call Saul a lot better because it's less depressing. Yeah. And it, I, I feel agree. like. It has its moments, but the thing about it is, is to me, Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad is such a good character yeah. for levity that, you know, in this one, you kind of get glimpses of it and you're getting it more and more through the season. The one thing about it is, though, that always comes back to, to kind of haunt you is thinking about him. You know, as the older, hidden away Saul. Yeah. You kind of are. At the Cinnabon. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of drawn out of that But you also don't know what's going to happen to him. Right, true. Like, things could look up for him. True. Like, the fact that you're seeing him at all in those moments, like, I think shows that something probably is going to happen. Because otherwise, why would they bother showing you what his life is like now? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, Better Call Saul's pretty fucking dope. Um, And then another thing I'm super stoked about is that Westworld is coming out again this weekend. This will be a good quarantine for this. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I think... What a great show. This is a show, to me, it represents quarantine, but in a way that isn't zombies. I really... I want to rewatch all of Westworld, and we definitely have time to do it. And I also, like... I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but I've been considering restarting The Leftovers... I feel like it might be a bad idea because it is about like you know two percent of the world's population. You don't population. need to restart like a show when there's so many good ones. No, but I love I love more. the leftovers so much. I also yeah. want to restart the magicians just because it's ending. So, and... but the magicians to me represents kind of there's magic. Every episode has details where 
you can miss something yeah. that you didn't. I'm know. gonna. I'm definitely gonna read the magician's books. That's something that I have on my list because we found out like a, a couple weeks ago that the, this season is of the magicians is the last, and like yeah. we are both pretty bummed about that. I think. R.I.P. Um, but you know what? I'm glad that it's going on on a high note. It's been a super good season, and I'm glad that they at least knew that it was coming so that they could write an ending that wasn't like. A cliffhanger like the you fucking should, last man on earth. You <laughs> should still watch Magicians even though it's ending. It's still fun. Oh, yeah. I think it's like The Good Place where like it had a really good... Like The Good Place's ending was perfect. Like I don't... I wasn't... I mean, didn't you think? What did oh, you think? Oh, yeah. I thought it was fun. Like, I thought it was great. It was like very the, the uplifting and yeah. very... Like I'm glad that it ended when it did because, you know, uh, that show could have gone on for fucking ever. But yeah, anyway, um, I think that's it. So thank you for oh. listening. Um, I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. And if you want to uh, catch us on social meds, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast On Twitter... Um, at Ghoul Gang Pod six six six. You can follow me on Twitter at Coraline X Maria and on Instagram at Coraline Maria. If you want to follow Jace, you can follow me at Comet Sand underscore Sands. Comet underscore S A N S. Um, he's got some cool art stuff. If you're interested in yeah. looking at that, um, you can follow Grace on Twitter and Instagram at Grace's Gold and Ellie at. L E oh god Ellie you change you gotta stop changing it because I don't know it you know what you can you can go to uh, the Google Game Podcast Instagram and then look at who we follow <laughs> and we follow Ellie you can find her yeah. you can follow her if you actually really want to send us a message light you a candle take a Ouija board light a candle pour yourself just a glass of whiskey just yeah. like a full glass of whiskey yep. chug the glass of whiskey and, and then, then just use the Ouija board yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's it. Stay healthy and creep it the fuck real. What? That's, oh, creep it real. Yeah, yeah. creep it real. All right, bye, guys. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world.